0: hello everyone welcome back to cleocast my name is matt and i'm rc actually i think this is a talk um we need to work it's, on
1: it's like the podcast Cleocast. It, yeah
0: and recently we were told that the branding is off and now it's stuck in my head
1: oh nobody told us that you told yourself that. I, I the did. branding is perfect it's immaculate
0: but anyway how have you been
1: i've been all right yeah i'm doing okay
0: we had a pretty good time. Uh, we went to uh, uh, the Ozarks to do a float trip.
1: We did do that. I did not get sunburned for the first time in my life.
0: Yeah, um, that's why we didn't upload an episode last week because we uh, spent more time actually buying uh, seven billion hot dogs instead of actually, you know, recording an episode for our podcast. But you know,
1: I thought going into it, you can, you can never have too many hot dogs. You know, you can never have. You can. Have too many hot dogs, ladies and gentlemen. That is a possibility.
0: There's so many hot dogs, dude.
1: When you can get a 36-pack from Sam's Club for $5, you can
0: get too many hot dogs. Why do we think that everyone in our group was going to eat, like, 15 hot dogs?
1: Because I just, look, you know, you want people to be, like, full. You don't want them to go hungry. You don't want them to starve. So you got to make sure everybody can have, like, five or six. Anyway, and then everybody eats one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Or, or or you eat zero and you spend most of your time uh, drunkenly throwing up in the woods. I don't know anything about that. Neither <sighs> do I. Um, but anyway, yeah, it, it was fun. I mean, I wish I could have uh, done other forms of transit to get down there. Uh, but that's a complaint for future podcasts where we don't uh, talk about infrastructure the entire time. It was fun floating, though. Uh, Do recommend it. Uh, Go down to the Ozarks and uh, float, support local Missouri economies, and uh, get demolished on a river. Yes, it's a good time. Did you see the Mission Gateway stuff, though? I am not sure. So, this is going to get heavily, extremely local. But Mission Gateway, that weird construction site that's been in development for over close to a decade on Mission Parkway in Mission, Johnson Drive... Yes. That's not a confident yes.
1: I'm still not sure if I know what you're talking about. Anyway,
0: uh, the developer is no longer developing it. I'm not sure if they went bankrupt or whatever. And uh, now they're no longer pursuing the development there. So no more Mission Gateway for people in the Kansas City area. It is over. It's over? Yeah, it is over. They're not building anything there anymore.
1: Uh, Is that over by the IKEA?
0: kind of
1: wait a second i think i know what this is i I I
0: mean if if you're driving on shangish parkway you will see it
1: i still do not know what this is okay cool i am bringing a lot to this podcast right now yeah i do not know what you're talking about uh anyways that's dead yeah never even knew it It feels like it's been so long
0: never even knew it um what other agendas do I need to talk about? Uh,
1: I mean, you you say this is going to get really local as if every single episode we've done since the Space Shuttle Part 4 hasn't been, like, horrifically local. But, like, there's
0: some sports stuff. People can listen to that. And we talked about the Sphere.
1: We did talk about the Sphere, and we did talk about the
0: Sub. You're right. Yeah. There's just not a lot of good current events right now that we can talk about. There's uh, was
1: that dude that uh, defected to North Korea on accident. Dude, oh, oh, on or on accident? purpose. Did you hear about that? No. Oh yeah, just some uh, like army private uh, accidentally stepped over the DMZ and got taken by North Korean cops or soldiers or whatever. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was just like Private Timmy was on his first patrol and got <laughs> taken by the North Korean.
0: Man, is he gonna become like a movie star? Like the other the guy that did that during the Korean War got uh, to become a movie star.
1: That's what they're saying. Oh, no, he, like, straight-up defected, apparently. I thought oh. that he just got snatched. He apparently was sprinting across the border.
0: Okay, uh, this is an article from the Associated Press. I guess we're reading this. Uh, Wellington, New Zealand AP. Sarah
1: Leslie thought she was witnessing a stunt when she saw an American soldier start sprinting towards North Korea. Leslie and her father, tourists from New Zealand, were part of a group that left Tuesday morning from Seoul to visit the DMZ that divides North south and North Korea. Private Travis King was among a group of 43 tourists, as they told the Associated Press, although he was casually dressed in jeans and a T-shirt, and she had no idea at the time that he was a soldier or in legal trouble. Oh, I didn't know about that factor either. King, 23, was a cavalry scout with the 1st Armored Division who had served nearly two months in a Seoul Korean prison for assault. I didn't know that either. Okay, uh... This is starting to make a lot more sense than the <laughs> headlines I was seeing. Uh, he was released on July 10th and was supposed to travel home Monday to Fort Bliss, Texas, where he could have faced additional military discipline to discharge from the service. Leslie said her tour group went a step further than many by visiting the joint security area in the village of Panmunjom, allowing the tourists to effectively step on North Korean soil inside one of the buildings, which are jointly held. To get on such a tour, she said, required submitting their passports and getting permits in advance. The group left Seoul in the bus in the early morning, and Leslie noticed that King was traveling alone and didn't seem to talk to others on the tour. At one point, she said, he bought a DMZ hat from a gift shop. <laughs> 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 the tour was nearing its end on Tuesday afternoon. The group had just walked out of the building and were milling about taking photos. When she saw King running, quote, really fast... <clears throat> Quote, I had assumed initially that he had a mate filming him in some kind of, kind of really stupid prank or stunt like a TikTok, the most stupid thing you could do, Leslie said. But then I heard one of the soldiers shout, Get that guy. Leslie said the command was shouted by an American soldier, one of a group that patrols the area along with South Korean troops. But the soldiers didn't have time to respond. She said that after running about 10 meters or 30 feet down a narrow passageway between the distinctive blue buildings, King was over the border and then disappeared from sight. It was all over in a few seconds. Leslie said she didn't see any people on the North Korean side. The tour group had been told earlier that the North Koreans there had been lying low since the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic. After King ran, she said, the soldiers hustled all the tourists into a building and then took them to an information center to give statements. She said many of the tourists, including her father, hadn't seen King run, but a soldier explained the events to them. Quote, people couldn't really believe what had happened, Leslie said. Quite a few were really shocked. Once we got on the bus and got out of there, we were all like kind of just staring at each other. Leslie, a lawyer from New Zealand's capital, Wellington, said she had a long interest in the Koreas after studying politics at university and seeing South Korean movies. She just said she found it hard to understand why King would head to North Korea. "Quote: I just didn't think anyone would ever want to do that," she
0: said. You know, the thing that really confuses me is if they've been lying low. Like, how long did it take for like this kid to find North Koreans? Was he just walking around the like area in North Korean side? Because I like I kind of know what this is. This is the place where they have the three blue buildings where they can sign documents and whatever uh that's yeah. like the main area where you, if you look up korean like DMZ. where trump like walked across yeah could you imagine if they <laughs> anyways could, but, but but imagine getting on that side and just being kind of lost and not like, running into a guy for like 15 20 minutes and then eventually like there's a north korean soldier on the other end being like just startled just that like you...
1: wait why are, why are you here <laughs> Huh? I do like the tour bus that the AP has as one of the photos where it's VIP DMZ tours. Collect beautiful moments with VIP travel. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. What? Pictures of the border guards and stuff. It's like, yeah.
0: I mean, I I guess that's better than a dishonorable discharge. Is it?
1: You got honorably charged into the North
0: Korean movie industry. Or a North Korean prison camp. Well, why does it contain two photos of the lady they interviewed? I think
1: I have no idea because they need two photos of it, I guess. For I guess I don't know. Anyway, they're just kind of weird. They're not very good photos. But
0: could they not go dig into like this, like kids, like Instagram, and find a picture of them?
1: Well, I saw a picture on the Guardian, but I didn't click on it because I'm a proud American who does not use British sources for anything.
0: Uh, I like how the New York Post's headline, uh, where the AP headline is, A tourist who saw U.S. soldier sprint into North Korea initially thought it was a stunt. New York Post, what life in North Korea holds for U.S. soldier Travis King after defecting.
1: CBS News, what is the DMZ? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. This is going to be another freaking sub thing, isn't it?
0: Where, where we just have to deal with this kid in the news cycle for a little bit update on travis
1: king what is he doing it's like dude he's he's probably just getting interrogated and then he's gonna be in a bunch of movies like genuinely it's like look if you're gonna either face the like u.s military prison system or maybe become a movie star in north korea it probably wouldn't be that bad of a trade-off Even though you never get to go home And see your family ever again
0: Yeah I mean I, I, They can probably work it in out I mean you won't end up like That Otto Wormbier guy Who just ends up dying in prison
1: We'll see who's a civilian Yeah He wasn't a defector He just like uh, Stole stuff or whatever
0: didn't the other guy who defected during the Korean War or earlier... There was, there was a group of them, I think. The famous one who was in movies, Dostnik or whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes that I know about that is uh, he met his uh, wife who was like some sort of Eastern European in a North Korean bar in which she was the only other white person and the North Koreans had basically like convinced her to come to North yeah, Korea. Yeah, it become... was basically like an arranged marriage. yeah It, it, it like, was like,
1: our movie star is a little sad. Let's get him some a wife...
0: <laughs> Let's orchestrate them meeting in a really strange way. In the only other, as the only other like white person in a North Korean bar. I love that
1: places like North Korea exist, where it's just like weird.
0: Dude, are they going to get Dennis Rodman to get this kid out? Because I know he's. Oh my god! Dennis Rodman's like the de facto American ambassador in North Korea.
1: Maybe I mean maybe we're gonna get photos of Dennis Rodman hanging out with this guy. God, I. Well, why?
0: Oh my God! Remember when Trump nearly like fixed the like like issue with North Korea, and then he just got like bored, got in a Twitter fight with Alec Baldwin. Trump left. was the
1: first Dennis Rodman president. <laughs> he had the he had the capacity. He all he had to do is if he started playing basketball with Kim, it would we would have had peace in the peace in the Koreas.
0: But sadly, Trump did not do that. He also did some other bad things. Yeah man uh North Korea's
1: is... <laughs> the historical g d p estimates for Korea, and it just like is a straight line <laughs> yes, uh,
0: I think you can tell where the Soviet Union collapsed at that point,
1: yeah, yeah, right in the uh nineties
0: yeah r- right where it uh goes from just straight line to falling so the GDP per capita is 2000
1: dollars <laughs> $2, per person, yes uh and twenty eleven money. Anyways, uh, this is now the Clio Korea cast where we're just reading we're, the North Korea Wikipedia page. Yeah. For some reason. Uh, anyways.
0: Uh it, talking about communists actually, uh, what about those damn communists in Hollywood? Those writers and now actors going on strike.
1: Uh, yeah, those big wig millionaire Hollywood actors are trying to, you know, claw claw pennies away from those poor, starving Studio executives, you know, who might have to take a slight, slight, you know, loss in their hundreds of millions of dollars. They get paid to delete stuff off of HBO Max. You know, that guy is the most paid Hollywood like studio exec in the country. Right. Like I think David Zaslav, the guy who's just deleting everything from the Warner Brothers catalog from HBO Max. OK, what is the tax? $450 situation? million dollars per year, Matt. That's his salary to just delete stuff off of HBO.
0: And, and they can't pay writers?
1: Yeah. No, like Westworld, a show, one of my favorite shows of the last, like, 10 years, can't watch legally anywhere. They deleted it off of HBO.
0: Well, why would they delete, like, a show that I saw, like, being talked about on Twitter yeah. all the T- time? Talk
1: about incredible writing. Yeah, if you wrote Westworld, if you're one of those writers, like, uh, not Christopher Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother, th- that first season is, I think, one of the best written and, like, directed shows I've ever seen. It's incredible. Can't watch it.
0: Man, that's been on my list to get to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Well Yarhar, I guess. Piracy is ethical.
1: When you're making when you're spending hours of your life, years of your life producing a product and then you can no longer see that product and you want to show your kids, there is an ethical argument for being able to show our years of your lifespan to your children. Yes. It's like if we're deleting family photos. If you can get those
0: family photos, or deleting family guy. Yeah
1: leading family guy, <laughs> Peter—they're deleting us from from uh, HBO.
0: Uh, but yeah, th- there's big strikes going on with the uh, writers and then the actors. There is also uh, some discussion of the running backs going on strike. Yes, I, I heard about that on sports radio. Okay, I want to hear your
1: explanation of what that what's going on so, with that because I know what's going on with that. I, I
0: hear what you picked up from that. I all I heard. From the local sports radio, driving over here because I didn't want to connect my phone to Bluetooth. in my Eight car. ten or six ten? Six ten. Okay. Um, was that the writers have been on strike for like seventy something days and are beginning to like get the writers or the running back? The writers, okay, because they were, like I heard it and they're just like talking about the SAG uh, it, it beginning their strike and compared it to the Writers Guild strike as well. And I'm just like, wait, wait, why is sports radio talking about, like, writers and actors going on strike? I need to listen. And they were just like, yeah, the writers have been on strike for 70-odd days now and are, like, looking or at this point hitting the point where they're going to start losing homes. and uh, well,
1: that, that was that was what um, I think Bob Iger of Disney said, maybe him, maybe somebody else, was that we're going to have to draw it out until these guys start losing their houses and start losing their savings. so You know, they really suffer, so they'll come back to work. That, that was like a quote from one of the one of the. I, yeah. Actually, I don't want to say Bob Iger. I don't think we know who it was because they're cowardly. But yeah. That yeah. That that's the plan basically. Well,
0: they were talking about that on sports radio, and basically what they followed up with is the running backs get paid more money than anyone else could get paid, and they the NFL Players Association and the running backs in generals don't actually uh, basically to sum it up, they don't have the balls to engage in a strike. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the owners mention lockout, they're going to cave, and then we're going to move on to training camp, and then their arguments are not going to be heard and until next year when franchise tags are added to running backs again, and then I don't even know what a franchise tag is. I don't really know NFL.
1: Yeah, now, do you know why specifically running backs are, planning on, are complaining right now?
0: Uh, is it because they keep getting cut and uh, don't make millions?
1: Yeah, because basically what happens is the way it's currently set up is – so running backs used to be, like, one of the most valuable positions you could get, right? They were big. They were, like – I mean, it used to be, like, a running man's game, yeah. right? So they get paid. They were, like, really important. You'd have a running back for, like, 10, 15 years, you know. You're, like, franchise guys. But now what the what's happening is you have your running back – you play him for three years until his rookie deal is up. You know, because he's getting paid the rookie minimum because everybody gets paid the rookie minimum. You get signed. You get paid. I think it's like a hundred, Depending on when you got drafted, it also varies on how much you get paid. Like if you're first overall, you get paid like $10 million or something. Yeah. But if you're like lower, like, you know, like a pick, seventh
0: Seventh round pick like Isaiah like Pacheco. Like Isaiah
1: Pacheco. Yeah, he's getting probably like a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 per year. You know, like somewhat of a league minimum. I think the league minimum is... $750,000 but I think the rookies make a little bit less than that uh, and then you have basically exclusive you're exclusive to the team that drafted you for three years unless they decide to cut you uh, and then anyone can sign you so what they're doing is they're signing these guys running them uh, running backs get hurt a lot more frequently so they're running them until their rookie deals up and then they're cutting them and getting a new guy because you can just get that guy get that limited production because running isn't as important and then cut them And they're not going to get signed anywhere because every other team in the league is doing the exact same thing. Look at Clyde Edwards-Hilaire with us. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been the best running back. Like, we're not necessarily doing that from a pure greed perspective, the Chiefs, because he hasn't really actually been that good. And Isaiah Pacheco outperformed in his first year. But that is the case of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got picked 25th overall, really high draft pick, was really hyped playing out his rookie deal his rookie deal is going to be up he's going to be cut he's probably not going to find another job so he's not getting he's getting worked harder than anybody else in the nfl playing running back running hard taking big hits you know no basically your job is to get tackled and run through 400 pound dudes and then put your body on the line get a lot of damage get permanent damage in a lot of cases but then they're just not getting paid like they used to and they don't have the ability to bargain you can't you know hold out because you're a rookie and no one you they can't trade you they can't cut, you know no no one can there's no bargaining power basically for them they are getting paid like peanuts and then basically it's like yeah we're just going to cut you after like 3 years that's it yeah
0: you, know, you go through your entire college do, career does the player union want to do anything about it they do but
1: i think they're not I, I don't quote me on this, but I don't think their current contract is up. So I think, mm. you know, like the, the, the legal way we do strikes and do union negotiations, they're in like the middle of the cycle right now. Mm. So they're on, like their are, they're, they're playing contract or whatever. So they don't have time to do it. But I, I think they're just seeing this issue a lot more this off season with like Ezekiel Elliott with the Cowboys. Um, a really good player for one of the largest franchises in the NFL that makes the most money. And he is not going to get paid they're just like not really interested in extending him a contract even though he's still playing really good. But I think the Cowboys are looking at exactly what's happening and being like, wait a second, why would we pay this franchise guy? Like think like Marshawn Lynch, like mm-hmm. Derrick Henry. Why would we pay these guys twenty million dollars a year when we could play Isaiah Pacheco, the literal minimum amount you could play, pay him, have him for three years and then just get the next guy? Like like why would we pay The superstar athlete who is the best in the league in his position, any amount of money when we could just pay some rookie.
0: Basically eliminating the big name running back from the world of the NFL. Well, basically forcing rookies to
1: not scab, but effectively be scabs for the position. You know, you're filling a hole. You're not going to be as good, but we don't need you to be as good because the position isn't as valuable. But also we're going to work. We're going to work the fuck out of you. Right. Yeah. Like You're not getting a break. We're, we're still going to run you as many times as we want to, and we're going to put you, a rookie, we're going to put rookies every three years into the hardest pitches in the NFL and run them as hard as we possibly can, so you're going to be broken, and you're also going to be broke. Because that's why they want to go on strike.
0: Man, the yeah. the writers, the actors, the running backs, all members of the working class, yeah. but to talk about that contract cycle... There's a contract cycle coming up for the Teamsters. Yep. We have a, if you haven't paid attention to the news, a UPS strike coming up. Uh, we have an article from Reuters about the UPS strike. Um, basically, they have been uh, trying to get a contract with UPS. Uh, basically, uh, July 19th, Reuters. Uh, United Parcel Service, UPS. On Wednesday, said it would turn to the bargaining table with a better Offer for roughly 340,000 Teamsters, represented U.S. workers, in a bid to avert a potentially economically damaging strike on August first.
1: Which I will say, that is kind of the point of the strike: is you're you know leveraging the damage that would happen to the economy if you were to not work in order to get more benefits. Weird that. that
0: the teamsters can threaten that with UPS, but the people working for the railroads couldn't because yeah, of, they uh, federally couldn't buy an yeah. antacid,
1: and it's like that. That is the entire purpose of a strike: is that the work that you're doing is valuable to the economy, so you should you know be mm-hmm. able to leverage that.
0: Anyways, uh, this is open quote. We are prepared to increase our industry leading pay and benefits. Uh, okay, um, uh, but need to work quickly to finalize a fair deal that provides. The certainty for our customers, our employees, businesses, and businesses across the country," UPS said in a statement. I really like that they put in the industry-leading there. Uh, interesting tagline. Mm. Uh, the union said the world's largest delivery company contracted it on Wednesday with it contacted it on Wednesday. I'm sorry, I can't read. Um, it's okay. uh, with an offer to resume talks next week. The International <laughs> Brotherhood of Teamsters said in a statement on Twitter, "Talks broke down on July 5th." Each side blaming the other. A key sticking point in the talks is a pay increase for experienced part time workers who are making roughly the same or even less than new hires because starting wages jumped due to the labor shortage in the last few years. Any disrupt-
1: disruption. What is that word? Disruption.
0: Disruption. I'm sorry. It, it, it's gray text on a white background and I'm sitting pretty far away. Yeah, I'll zoom it in. Thank you so much.
1: You could have said that. It's all right.
0: Any disruption to the business of UPS would be broadly felt because the company handles about 20 million packages a day, a quart, about a quarter of the parcel shipments in the United States. Those include deliveries for online retailers like Amazon.com, with Amazon stock bro- like ticker on there as well. You could probably just not say that. I, 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 don't, know why, I don't know why Reuters is in, really. is, is Reuters like a...
1: I think this is like the market section of it.
0: Well, I mean, I don't know know why you put their stock ticker, but uh, high value prescription drugs for doctors and hospitals and inventory for millions of other large and small businesses. A strike could be one of the costliest in at least a century uh, with the impact of a 10 day strike topping 7 billion, according to one think tank. 7 billion. (laughs) That's a lot of money.
1: It sounds like these people who are uh, working, you know, and generating this much value should probably just be getting paid as much as we can because they seem really valuable for everything that happens around the country.
0: Yeah. And they probably should be able to like, you know, have health care and stuff. Maybe AC in the vans too.
1: Yeah. Maybe air conditioning when it's 110 degrees out.
0: And get like full-time status and be paid uh, enough to live, especially in expensive areas where UPS drivers are pretty crucial in cities and such. UPS pilots who belong to a different union would also stop flying in solidarity with the striking workers. That's that, sick.
1: Now, okay. Now, this, they don't mention, I don't think they mention it later in the article, but um, UPS pilots, United States Postal Service does not have its own pilots. They contract to the UPS. So if UPS stops flying, then United States Postal Service doesn't get any of its packages flown
0: across the country. So when I had to express overnight mail something for the USPS because uh someone somewhere forgot something in my car and I had to ship it to them on a coast.
1: Yeah, that that was done through UPS, mm. as plane services, mm-hmm. those big 747s they got. Yeah, so that yeah. that's like that right there. It's not really mentioned to really kind of highlight it all in the article. That's a pretty big factor. Is they 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 ship a lot of stuff by air because the entire you know United States Postal Service uses UPS every Amazon package for every warehouse uses UPS air
0: man so do you think that's including the 7 billion from that think tank uh,
1: i don't know that probably hmm. i don't have Maybe. They, they didn't include a link to the we're, think tank we're so. going
0: to include seven billion and one dollar to compensate for the pilots yes, yes, as well yes, yes. um the Teamsters have been holding practice bigots in major cities around the country <laughs> to keep pressure on UPS. Despite all the noise and hand-wringing, many transportation executives and analysts believe the two sides will eventually reach a deal before the deadline. That's because each side depends on the other. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's how negotiations work. Um UPS called its skilled and loyal Teamster employees a competitive advantage early in the pandemic when orders of everything from homework stations to exercise stations to sofas and large TVs overwhelmed delivery companies. On the other hand, UPS, the largest employer of Teamsters at a time when unions are fighting to grow. Meanwhile, Teamsters leader Sean O'Brien told Reuters last week that he at ad- has asked President Joe Biden not to intervene in the talks, even as retail groups and other interested parties push for the administration to weigh in. Yeah, pro-union Joe's batting 0 for 1 on this one. Yeah, and he's, uh, I mean, if he doesn't step in, that's, I mean, he guess to make him 1 for 1, right?
1: Yeah. Let's break another strike. Yeah. Pro labor president in
0: history. I'm the most pro labor president in his pro union president in history, right?
1: Yeah, let's put the let's put the rail workers to the wheel.
0: Let, let, let's not give them days off. Yeah. Uh open quote. We believe an August first strike at UPS remains possible yet n- but not yet probable. Susquehanna analyst. Bascome Majors, that's
1: a terrific name.
0: But uh, Bascombe, I am so sorry. Bascom Majors, uh, I, I am so sorry for mispronouncing your name. Said in a client note, open quote: Official news that Teamsters UPS negotiations restart next week after a 2.5 week break clears a path to get to yes before the deadline. Well, well,
1: this is the summer of strikes. Apparently, it's hot. Everybody's mad. Uh, Oh, that's terrific. That picture, UPS Judgment Day, August 1st, 2023. Held up (laughs) at the Teamsters Local 186. Just practicing for a just contract. (laughs) Judgment Day is coming.
0: That's great. Anyway, uh, best of luck, Teamsters. I I hope you completely destroy the economy because I think that would be funny. That would be Uh, pretty funny. And I want to see you get like... A sick deal and uh the uh men and women in brown uh
1: oh, boys in brown uh, uh wait uh,
0: and, uh, yeah uh get 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 those dollars and yeah. uh get better treatments but in kansas city news uh a less known talk about transportation uh organization that moves freight yellow uh Leave an article from uh, CCJ. Okay, what is CCJ?
1: I can't get. Does it? Do they say like what that stands for anywhere? Commercial Carrier Journal. Commercial okay, Carrier Journal. A commercial uh, Carrier Journal.
0: Yeah, Commercial Carrier Journal. Journal. Yellow Teamsters members could strike Monday. This is from uh, July nineteenth. This is from today. Today. <laughs> The Teamsters Union—it's a more than four-month-long battle with LTL giant Yellow Corporation.
1: Okay, okay, I am like, what is LTL? I, I'm, I'm maybe too out of it on it, this one. What yeah, is I, LTL? I, I think
0: that's a like a transportation term.
1: I, okay. Uh, okay, whatever. Let's just—I don't know. <laughs> yeah, anyway. LTL.
0: Is set to come to a head as early as next week as Central State's Board of Trustees voted Monday to suspend health care benefits and cease pension accruals for yellow workers after Holland and Yellow Freight miss payments to Central State's Health and Welfare Fund and the Central State's Pension Fund for June. All right. So wait, did yellow transportation not pay for their employees health care?
1: Apparently, they just decided not to.
0: to. So, they just stopped contributing to, to their part of their employees' health care. Yes. That is awesome. And retirement. So, that yes. that's basically like if my company said it's no. That's
1: based. Yeah. Just more companies should just stop paying for things they're legally obligated to pay for. That's based. Yeah. It, it, it it's not based it's
0: not you No, know, it's, it's not like,
1: yeah we're just uh we just don't want to pay for your health care anymore yeah. we're just not gonna do hey, that. hey remember
0: when we told you about a 401k accrual and uh it, you know having health care and that's not a thing anymore
1: you hey, remember when you signed a work contract to work for us and we uh, provided provide b- yeah we just said we don't want to do that cost us money and you know yeah, but, you, you just work without health care yeah dr- that's fine, dr- right?
0: drive a truck with a uh cdl uh with uh, no health care
1: Yellow was due to make a payment to Central States July 15th. Suspension of benefits will take effect July 23rd, and Teamsters say they are preparing for a possible strike as early as July 24th. Quote, Yellow has failed its workers once again and continues to neglect its responsibilities, said Teamsters General President Sean M. O'Brien. This corporation's gross mismanagement is another affront to the livelihoods and well-being of 22,000 Teamsters nationwide. Following years of worker givebacks, federal loans, and other bailouts, this deadbeat company is only itself to blame for being in this embarrassing position. <laughs> it's pretty great, actually. It's pretty great. In June, Yellow requested a two-month contribution deferral from the Health and Welfare Pension Funds to be paid with interest immediately upon a refinancing. So they wait.
0: wait are, are, is Yellow is Yellow just broke? I think they're just broke. But like, there are like a like a big like employer like i i I drive by their office building a lot yeah
1: well i mean matt in a statement tuesday yellow said it advised central states funds that it would defer payment of health and pension contributions for june to july 15th and july to august 15th to preserve liquidity as it worked to obtain meetings with the union as well as secure additional financing i think they're looking for loans i think they're looking for like hey guys we don't have any money in which case you know i hate to say it but maybe you could tell your employees that you're running out of money, so that you can give them some form of warning that, hey, we're going bankrupt. Instead of just, oh yeah, no more healthcare. Sorry, no warning. Sorry, guys. Because my, you know, my company tells, you know, gives out, sends out newsletters when we're doing well. Like here, where you know, here's how much money we've made. You could, you could probably well, do that well, you don't want to
0: scare people into running to other jobs. You want to oh, keep God, them working as long as possible, and you definitely. Uh, need to not think about people's livelihoods and maybe like consider that if you're gonna go bankrupt, you don't want to like leave people in a bad position and uh, not give them the opportunity to get ahead of your bad decision as uh, bad money managers in a capitalist society. I feel like like 150 years ago, this
1: is one of those cases where you know the workers wake up, they walk out into the company town, and then they walk to the factory and it's locked and it's like, oh yeah, we're out of business. Also, y'all are evicted. Which is no warning,
0: I love that this stuff happens. Still, it like I it, I thought Yellow was just being assholes, but it, I I think they're broke.
1: Two months of deferrals to central states would represent approximately $50 million. Only the first two of those two monthly payments have been deferred to date, the statement reads. The company intends to repay the funds with interest immediately upon securing additional financing and has asked the funds to discuss acceptable terms. Yellow and the Teamsters are at odds over implementation of the carrier's One Yellow strategy to improve efficiency, speed, choice, and value for its customers. Phases 2 and 3 of One Yellow, which include aligning operations in the Northeast, Midwest, Southeast, and Central regions, are set to take place this year. Phase 1, integrating the line-haul networks of YRC Freight and Away in the Western region to support both regional and long-haul services, was completed last year with union approval. Okay, so they... Teamsters are blocked further rollout, citing that the changes violate the la- union's labor agreement with the fleet. A charge yellow is denied, of course. Uh, so they're basically see. Whenever I see a company improving efficiency, speed, and choice, and it's not like a software company, it's like okay, so you're just going to start like working people to the bone. Or like, we need to be more efficient. You need to work more for less pay.
0: Or firing a bunch of people. Yeah, or who who don't we're, have unions. We're
1: gonna we're gonna streamline our workflow process. You know, we're gonna really. Yellow, the nation's third largest, less-than-truckload carrier and fifth That's largest. That's what
0: LTL means, or whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. LTL, wait, LTT? LTT. Oh well.
1: Less-than-truckload. You know. I don't even. I don't even know what that means. I'm so out of the freight. Just... And
0: and fifth largest transportation company. What you cannot go bankrupt, dude. You're big.
1: Well, they f- last month filed a complaint in the U.S. District Court for the District of Kansas against against the International Brotherhood of Teamsters and its affiliates alleging the labor union breached a binding contract with Yellow and caused more than $137 million in damages by, quote, unjustifiably blocking for over eight months Yellow's restructuring plan to modernize its business, which is necessary to compete against non-union carriers that dominate the LTL business today, end quote. Well, it sounds like. To me, phase one was approved, and then they chose not to approve phase two and three. And the company forgot that, oh, yeah, uh, approval means that they have to approve it. It's not just like a rubber stamp. Yeah. Also, $137 million in damages. Uh, 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 Are they trying to get the freaking union to cover their hole?
0: Maybe. Uh, also, I wonder what phase two included, because if phase two got denied, um I wonder how ghoulish it was.
1: That's the other one of these where it's like this article isn't as bad as it, but just so many of these articles just come at it from a pro like like the business is right, of course, you know yeah. UPS, of course, is correct on well, all of
0: this. Well, we are we are reading a like ad, like business journal for the industry. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, y- y- you don't necessarily want to read like exactly what the union puts out because mm-hmm. that's also going to be like, yeah, no, we're right, but it's like
0: you'd hope that at least like. And most of the time the union is actually yeah, the right I mean, one on the side.
1: Usually the union, you know, wants to work so they can like pay for things. Yeah. It's usually the businesses that like are just trying to save a buck where they
0: don't need to. Yeah. And, uh, and want to not pay people what they're worth. Like, for I especially... don't think that
1: the president of UPS is a danger of going home hungry if the UPS workers don't work for a few days. I, th- I think that the CEO is going to be okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's the workers that are threatened, who, who have mortgages or can't afford to continue living yeah. in the areas they live, or uh, don't get health care. Yeah, same with the same with Hollywood. You know, mm-hmm. the writers
1: are the ones who are at risk of you know going home hungry. The studio execs, I
0: think, are going to
1: be okay. Anyways, back back to this though. Um, Yellow handles roughly fifty five thousand shipments per day. A workload most experts see is being absorbed by existing capacity in the event of a protracted work stoppage. I guess. That, like, like other businesses are able to absorb it. I guess that is a issue if they do go under. Is because they do bring up non-union. Like we have to compete with non-union places, and I think that's also a problem. Is if this business does go under, all of a sudden we're going to have a lot more non-union labor handling this. It's kind of like that Anchor Brewery up in the Northeast, where it's like it's the large, you know, one of the oldest breweries in the U.S. and it's union, and it went out of business because Sephora killed it, and now okay now that beer is being made by a non-union brewery. So basically you just put like, you know, 22,000 union workers out of work.
0: And the issue also, as well as this is in Kansas, Kansas is a right to work state. Mm -hmm. There's no wage order in Kansas. So, uh, yeah, but right. to work is a rip off.
1: Well, quote, while I expect we could hire up fairly quickly, says John, Luciani COO of LTL solutions at a do pile number 67. That's a really long title, a quote sudden and prolonged shipment count increase at 10% could cause some short-term pain. The Teamsters are fighting a similar war on two fronts, one with Yellow and another with UPS. The UPS Teamsters contract covers more than 340,000 full and part-time workers and expires July 31st. The Teamsters have made clear that its UPS members will not work beyond the expiration of the current contract and have already authorized the strike. A UPS strike would have minimal impact, Luciani theorized, to dedicated or brokerage
0: businesses. However... That, well, that is not what we read on the previous article, but... I, I, or, think, or, 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 I think he's they,
1: talking specifically to like this industry the, the, versus the, the long haul truckers.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Uh,
1: however, the, should the union elect to strike a both companies within a week of each other, Luciani posed the sudden influx of freight could be problematic. Basically, if UPS does it, it's not going to affect us. But if both do it, then it's yeah, it's going to be a problem. Which is why they should both do it because yeah. they're both the same union, the same Teamsters union, right? My concerns are more about the timing of a yellow failure and a UPS strike happening at the same time. We are already receiving requests from existing customers that also use UPS, wanting to know how small of a shipment we will handle and how many shipments we would consider handling, he said. Quote, because any UPS traffic would be only temporary, my answer to the vast number of customers is we will handle zero UPS-sized shipments. All the traffic can do is hurt our LTL business and customers, and we will not put our service quality and reputation at risk.
0: I really like how he's using the we will not handle zero UPS side shipments. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, working a uh, retail job that never closed and uh, on holidays answering the phone being like, hi, this is redacted place of employer. We never close. Yeah,
1: we don't close. But no, I, I, I do like, you
0: know, the company's just
1: being like, hey, UPS is going to go on strike. Can we uh Can we use you guys? It's like, no, we don't do that.
0: Yeah. But also, I mean, it seems like this guy also mentioned that yellow seems like it's not doing hot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well, it's the summer of strikes.
0: It is the summer of strikes. And uh, is, wait, is is YRC publicly traded? That's a good
1: question. That's a good question. I can figure that out. You,
0: we uh, should... Yellow d- d- Corporation. Yeah, just Google Yellow Corporation stock if they have stock. horrifically. Yeah, they're tra- <laughs> Wait they, a second. are trading at a at a dollar?
1: At a dollar?
0: Uh is, is it time to short Yellow Ooh. Corp?
1: Ooh, maybe. Um
0: do not take financial advice from us. Oh we are no, not financial do, advisors. God, do do not
1: Don't take financial advice from podcasts. I will say 54 million dollars is their market cap. If all the listeners of this podcast got together and gave us $5, we could buy like 20 shares in yellow. hmm Yeah. There you go. 50... Mi- okay, so wait. Their market cap is $54 million, and they failed to pay $50 million in benefits to their employees. So they don't have money anymore. They do not have money anymore. God. Overland Park, Kansas.
0: All right. That's awesome. Yeah, it's terrific. <laughs>
1: Sounds like you're dying over there.
0: Yeah. Um. Just have been trying to beat the cold that I've had for like a little over a week at this point. And it's been rough. Uh,
1: They need to probably feel, you probably need to feel better on a, you know, speaking on a vocal based podcast.
0: Anyway, that is bad. Uh, Do or do not take financial advice from us. No, on, just do not, on, do not, do, do, do not, do not take financial advice from us. Do not buy or short yellow stock. We're not financial advisors. We are uh, idiots with a podcast. Yes. Anyway, just um,
1: commenting on what we see and what we read. I yeah. Know. Anyways, Kent City could be a hotbed. We have we have a lot of UPS and Yellows headquartered here, and we don't have any production companies, but um, I don't know a lot of rail. Here. I don't
0: know. There I mean there is the Ford and GM plant. We do have the
1: Ford and GM are the Ford are those guys No. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. Yeah, so we, we do Oh
0: you, when plant. you mentioned production uh you were making like talking about film production. No, I production. Oh, yeah. I, I was thinking no, about not, like film not production like... In, in like industrial production.
1: No, we it's just that's the one area we don't have anything. We'll I, I guess hey, we mm-hmm. are a we do not employ
0: writers, by the way. We are we, not we're
1: not uh crossing the picket line by producing this podcast.
0: No. But we're also not union members either. Yes. Uh, we have written like about thirty pages of actual content uh in our lives for a uh, mediocre podcast. Yeah. Anyway, um I think we're basically out of time, right?
1: Yeah, we're thirty nine, hmm. forty, All right. About uh, 44 minutes.
0: All right. Is that a wrap then? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, this has been uh, Clio Talk. I've been Matt. And I have been RC. And you can go ahead and follow us on Twitter at Clio History. You can email us at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, find us wherever you get podcasts. Please live, give us a like and a share if you uh, want to. And, yeah, that's it. Bye. Bye.